Well, hello everyone and good morning and welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. We certainly appreciate you being here this morning. My name is Melvin Gaines. We're going to go ahead and get started while we get settled in uh, and allow people to get settled in here also as well with music from Fred Hammond and the Straight Gate Mass Choir, I'll Praise. Uh, very, very nice song. and. Uh, we appreciate you being here this morning. Thank you so much. Grab a cup of coffee and come on in with us here. Hey, Anitra, good morning. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for being here. My bride, Lynn Gaines, good morning. Thanks for being here. Glad to have you. Brother Nate, good morning. Appreciate you being here. Good morning. Thanks for being here this morning. Hey, Jackie, good morning. I see you got your coffee. Amen. repeat this song for just great it's a good song I'll praise Amen. 
Mr. Gaines, good morning. Thank you for being here. Brother Greg, good morning. Caroline in the background, we're trusting, good morning. Brother Roscoe, good morning. Y'all just now getting on, huh? <laughs> oh boy. Amen. <laughs> Sister Pearl and Walter, good morning. Appreciate you being here. Amen. 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 <laughs> we appreciate you being here this morning. Thank you so much. Fred Hammond and the um, uh, Straight Gate Mass Choir. Uh, that was back from 2004. I'll Praise is the name of the song. And that is a great song, a great way to open up for Sunday school this morning. We, um, we appreciate you being here. As a reminder for those of, of you as well online, but spread the word. We're the, as far as I know, we're the only church in the area that is doing Sunday school, broadcasting Sunday school online um, as well as in person. You can, you're welcome to come here in church and to our church in Akron Alliance Fellowship and join us as part of our audience here uh, in the building. But you're welcome to spread the word for those who are looking for Sunday school and uh, prior to going to their own church. We're welcome. You're welcome to have them tune in here. Uh, that's why we're here. That is why we're doing what we're doing. We want to give as many people as we can the opportunity to get more involved in God's word and Frankly, that involves uh, being involved in a Sunday school class. Um, that is something that uh, we hold very near and dear to our hearts here at Akron Alliance Fellowship. Um, let's go ahead and do some housekeeping and make some announcements before we get into today's lesson for Sunday school. Um, for uh, church today, there is a message that's going to be available online as well on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page timeline. Uh, immediately following Sunday school, you'll see today's uh, worship service message pre-recorded, Jude's message for today. That is going to be here on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page timeline. That will also be the message presented live in church today, uh, here in church. Of course, the live version and the recorded version are always going to be somewhat different, not quite the same. The, the, the content will be most, much the same, but... It's good if you can be in church. Amen. <laughs> For those who can't be here, uh, then you're welcome to look at our message, uh, pre-recorded message online here in the timeline following Sunday School. Jude's message for today. And that's coming out of, uh, that's a survey of the book of Jude that we'll be doing uh, today. Um, please remember your tithes and offerings. We always mention this because uh, things have been so different ever since COVID. We don't want to take for granted the fact that there is still a need for people to continue to pray about what they're going to give as far as a matter of worship through giving. 
And if you are mailing your tithes or offerings to Akron Alliance Fellowship, please do so to the address Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. We appreciate you giving it consideration. And we just thank you again for giving it prayerful consideration as you always should because that's very, very important to do. And with that in mind, I think we've taken care of all the business that needs to be done. Uh, Let's go ahead and get into our Sunday School lesson. Today, we're going to be continuing our study in the book of John. We're continuing in the book of John chapter 13. And we will be covering just a short number of verses today, verses 31 through 38. And, you know, sometimes we cover more than that, but there is a certain topic and there are certain things that we want to cover in this particular section of the passage. Um, And one of the most important aspects of what we're going to be covering is we're going to really see the true expression of God's love for us in this passage and making sure that, of course, Jesus understands and knows exactly who his disciples are. And we'll be looking at this with a little bit more detail today. Uh, and also, there will be some reminders here, too, about how we are supposed, to, are supposed to approach our relationship with Jesus and recognize that we all still have a lot to learn. We still have a lot to grow, a lot, to, a lot of growth that needs to take place. And that's even if you're in your 70s and 80s and and 90s, as long as you're alive, you still have room for growth in Christ. Um, that is absolutely what we need to recognize and remember here. We, we don't have it all together. We still have a lot that we still need to learn. And, and the reason why we don't have it all together is because we're not perfect. We're, we're, still, we're far from perfect people. We, are, uh, we operate primarily in the flesh. And if it wasn't for the Spirit... Uh, God's spirit in, that dwells within us that we would be in big trouble, uh, frankly. Um, I think that's the best way to put it. But uh, we are thankful that we have the indwelling Holy Spirit because we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're also thankful, too, that we are reminded uh, that God reminds us because of how much he loves us. He wants us to love others in the same manner. And... That will be presented here in this passage. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, John chapter 13, verse 31 is where we'll start. And we'll do so with a word of prayer. And here we go. Father, thank you for your presence this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the indwelling spirit in all each one of us. But we now thank you that where we indeed are all gathered, where more than two or more are gathered, you are present We thank you for your presence today. We thank you for the teaching that will be coming from the Spirit. We thank you that the words being used will not be my words, but your words. And Lord, we just want to give you praise for just being here and being present in this time. And Lord, we want to be your ministers in public. We want to be able to go out and show our love for others as you have shown that love to us. We give you thanks and we give you praise. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to John chapter 13. Let's start at verse 31. We're going to read through to verse 38. We always use the New Living Translation for reading purposes. Uh, We would just ask that you follow along in your Bible. Let's start at John chapter 13, verse 31. And this is still a matter of instruction. Jesus is going to be teaching his disciples here um, some very important information, something that they need to remember um, as they are being prepared to go out and minister to other people, frankly. And it's a, it's a great reminder for us as well, too. Let's start with John 13, verse 31. As soon as Judas left the room, Jesus, Jesus said, The time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory and God will be glorified because of him. And since God receives glory because of the Son, he will give his own glory to the Son, and he will do so at once. Verse 33. Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I am going. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. 
Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Verse 35, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. But why can't I come now, Lord, he asked. I'm ready to die for you. Verse 38, Jesus answered, die for me. I tell you the truth, Peter, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. Okay, that's verses 31 through 38 of John chapter 13. And of course, we know the story about Peter, and that will be covered later on in uh, this book, in, in the book of John. Uh, I believe in John chapter 18, but we're, we're not there yet, so we'll get to that point. Uh, this section that John is covering, by the way, it's, it's going to be chapter after chapter from here on out, really are just about the last days of his mission on earth. And he goes into great detail with this communication about us. And the detail here is warranted because we want to see how important it is to look at how when Judas left the room, he was the one traitor in their midst. And so now the Lord could speak freely about who, how much he loved his disciples. And he could speak freely about what was going to happen and what was going on. Um, and... Of course, we, we see what happens with the conversation with Peter later, um, but that's we'll, we'll get to that a little bit in a little bit as far as what, what the relevance of this right now. And we've, we talked about Peter and how he, in fact, uh, is very much an open, he's, he's an open book. He speaks. He says what's on his heart, and he has good intentions. But Peter, in many ways, is a lot like us. Um, we, we have to recognize that he does have the good intentions, but he's going to find out and learn a lesson here from what's going to take place uh, about really knowing about your commitment to Jesus Christ. And would you say the same things if the, if the heat were turned up, if things were really under pressure? And it's a good reminder for us to say, don't get ahead of yourselves. You're still learning about Jesus. You're still growing in Jesus. You're still making sure that you're progressing. And Peter's going to learn a hard truth later that's going to you know, basically make him recognize that he wasn't who he thought he was. And I think that we are going to see that too. Um, and we need to recognize that as well too. Understand something. When we talk about church persecution, I'm kind of deflecting a little bit here, but I want you to think about something that's very important here. When we talk about church persecution or persecution of believers, this is nothing new. This has been going on for a long time. And it's, you have to understand that the effort of those trying to persecute you is to have you deny the very faith that you're standing for. They want you to denounce knowing who Jesus is, denounce that you have a following. And sadly, we know in Scripture that some people will actually do that. They'll walk away or, or step back from the faith. Now, how strong they were in the faith in the first place? That's a debate we can't really address or answer, but we, we do know that there are many instances in Scripture that are referred to people who say they're Christians, but they're really not. They're really not believing with all their heart, that Jesus is Lord. They're not believing truly that Jesus is Lord and Savior of that person's life. But people can say they're Christians all day long. So, this is a challenge for everyone to just continue to remember. First and foremost, God knows who you are and where you're at right now, but He loves you in words that you cannot begin to describe. He loves you profoundly. He loves you so much that he became like us and took on human characteristics to basically show how much he emulates with you living and breathing as a human being on earth 
and going through the same things that we go through. Hunger, thirst. And yet He lived without sin, but He gave Himself on the cross for us because He loves us. Let's get back to the text. John chapter 13, verse 31. I'm going to start there. And... Okay, let's start at the first, uh, verse 31. As soon as Judas left the room, Jesus said, The time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory, and God will be glorified because of him. Um, This is another reference where he refers to himself as the Son of Man. Uh, There are other passages where he refers to himself as the Son of God, but he is saying now that God will be glorified because of him. He is going to be doing something that is fulfilling the purpose of his very much being on earth. Verse 32, and since God receives glory because of the Son, he will give his own glory to the Son, and he will do so at once. Okay. Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer, and as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I am going. And essentially, what is he referring to? He's referring to the fact that you can't come where he's going because he's going to the cross. He's going to die. He's going to be in a place where they can't get to him. They can't keep him alive. They can't sustain him. He has to go and do this thing. Now look at verse 34. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And I want you to see something here. Now, when we talk about, he's saying it's a new commandment. Well, it is a new commandment for the purposes of what Jesus is trying to convey here. It's not something that we already have been told that we should love others, right? This is something that, if you go to Leviticus chapter 19... Leviticus chapter 19. Remember, with Jesus, when he was uh, referring to certain things, he was referring to, obviously, what was written um, in the Torah, the Old Testament scriptures. And he's pulling this from Leviticus chapter 19. Uh, let's start with verse 18. It's just verse 18. Leviticus 19:18. Now, this is something that you're going to see again if you go to Matthew, but when when it's being recorded. But look at what he says. Look at what it says here in Scripture. Verse 18 of Leviticus 19. Do not take revenge or bear a grudge against members of your community, but love your neighbor as yourself. What do you know about that? I am the Lord. So we know that this is not a new command about loving one another, but now Jesus is saying the new commandment part is he wants you to love one another as Jesus loves one another. As Jesus is loving. And this is a profound love. This is an agape love. This is a love that transcends beyond your feelings. Because, you know, human beings are all about feels, right? We know the different types of love. The filial love, the um, storge love, the, those type, the eros love. We, those are the different loves that are mentioned uh, in Scripture um, through the Greek language. But agape love is that love that's the profound love that God has for His people. The love that was in existence about his people, are us as a creation, before the world was even created. That love is an eternal love that has existed forever. No beginning and no end as we would know it or understand it. That's a profound love, isn't it? That's a love that goes beyond even what it says in Leviticus 19.18, but now he wants us to take that and unpack it and really now put it into use that we as those who love Jesus Christ, and he's showing that he loves his disciples, he loves them very dearly. He selected them, he chose them to go out into the world to carry on his mission. That's the whole purpose of what he had had them together for in the first place. He knows that they're going to carry on the gospel message, in fact, when he 
leaves, when he leaves uh, for good through the ascension. But he is expressing how much he loves them. And he wants them to know, he wants the disciples to know all about this love. And you have to understand that Judas had to leave because Judas was not, did not love the Lord at all. He was not one of them. He was not part of this group that's remaining. He had a totally different approach. He had a totally different way of looking at things. And he essentially could not understand anything about what Jesus had been preaching or talking about. And, of course, Judas didn't understand what would happen and he would die tragically later. Peter, he did understand Jesus, but as we had just discussed, he had some shortcomings. And, And this is not about picking on Peter, everybody. Peter was bold. We need more Peters out there, frankly, who speak truth and say what needs to be said because we we have to understand that... How do I say this? You know, there there is a fine line about being tactful and holding back and saying things, but truth has to be spoken. We have a lot of people who don't want to reckon with truth when it comes to what Jesus is saying. And what the reason why I say we need more Peters without the, you know, just like kind of popping off, but thinking through what you're saying, but speaking up anyway. Speaking truth and speaking boldly. Because for some people, truth is elusive. I read something um, last night. It was an article from back from 2004, 2000, no, 2008, 2008-9, um, about how fewer and fewer people who are in the faith um, believe that God's Word is truth and believe that the words that we're reading on page They'll say some of it may be true, but some of it I don't, I don't buy it. We're putting a lot of, we're injecting a lot of our own personal viewpoints um, into our own way of reasoning and thinking about faith. And it does explain why church attendance is a lot less. It explains a lot. Um, and back in 2009... Only about 50% of people that were polled in the Barna poll believed that the scriptures were authentic, that their faith was true. So fully half of America in that poll did not see it that way. They might go to church. They might have their own way of calling themselves Christians. Remember what I said about people who call themselves Christians, but they may not be actually believers Well, if you question the deity of Christ, how can you be a Christian? If you're questioning the authority and deity of Jesus Christ, how can you call yourself a Christian? You've just changed or morphed Jesus into someone who is, for all intents and purposes, has no relevance. If he didn't die on the cross for us, what's the purpose of what Jesus did? If he didn't, he wasn't resurrected from the dead. What's the purpose for what Jesus did? If he didn't ascend to the right hand of the Father 40 days after he was resurrected, what's the purpose? Because you have to understand that Jesus did some things that, just to show who he was, frankly, if you don't believe in who I am, believe in the things that you've seen, the miracles that I've done. That's what he said in his own words. To reflect who Jesus is, but and who He truly was. I mean, when He brought back Lazarus from the dead after being in the tomb for four days, He brought him back, and Lazarus proceeded eventually to die once more. And that was expected of Him because He was a human being. Jesus conquered death for us. Because of what he did on the cross. 
But we have a lot of different individuals out there, a full half of our country, might be even more than that now because that poll was taken back in 2009 and here we're in 2023 now. It's 14 years later. And the Barna polls, sometimes if you get a hold of those, they do tell a, they do tell a lot. We have a lot of people who truly want to make out what they want to see Christianity be rather than looking at what it truthfully is. We have our own way of injecting our reasoning and mindset into being a Christian. That's why we really need to hear Jesus say the words that he says about how much he loves us. He loves his disciples. He loved them recognizing they were flawed individuals just like we're flawed individuals. We have flaws. But he goes beyond that and says, I love you anyway. I love you anyway. And verse 34, again, so I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Remember, He's loving, he's asking them to love as Jesus loves. Now, I'm going to tell you something that is not controversial. I think that when in Leviticus 19.18, he's talking about loving your neighbor as yourself. Treat the person the way you'd want to be treated is the whole concept of that passage. Amen? That's the concept of what he's reporting in that passage. And we hear that re repeated again that is part of the whole nature of how we're supposed to live as believers. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself in Matthew chapter 22. It's the same concept, but now he's saying, love everybody else as I love them. The injection of Jesus into this adds a little kick to it. It's no longer just about treating people the way you want to be treated. It's now treating people the way Jesus would have you to treat them and love them without conditions. And that goes beyond the feels that I was talking about before. Because most of us love with feelings, but now we need to understand that sometimes you have to love someone when they hate you. You have to love someone when they despise you. You have to love someone when they spit on you. You have to love someone when they cuss your name they cuss you out and use your name upside down, backwards, sideways. It's a different kind of love, isn't it? When Jesus went to the cross, guess what kind of love he had? That same love, even though he was being spat upon, beaten, whipped, put the crown of thorns on his head, it hurt. But he loved those people anyway. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Well, there ain't no way in the world you could say words like that without loving those people who are trying to persecute you. And that will be necessary because, and this is why I mentioned this earlier about how, how would you respond as a person if you're being persecuted? The natural inclination when you are being attacked is to attack back because that's your flesh responding. But Jesus didn't do any of that. When he was going to the cross, he was a willing sacrifice. Now, he prayed long and hard before he went because he was a human being. And you have to understand that he took on human characteristics to express and show what it would mean, frankly, to deal with persecution. And what was one thing that Jesus did often? He went to a solid, uh, solitary place and went to pray. How often do we do that? How often are we in prayer? Because He's showing us as a human being, guess what? That's one of the most important things that we can be doing is praying. Praying for other people around us, praying for the praying for what did he do? He prayed for the people of Jerusalem. He prayed earnestly. 
He didn't want to see people get lost. So when we're talking about loving the way Jesus loves, it expands upon what it says in Leviticus 19.18. It expands upon it dramatically. It tells us that we have to have the mindset that Jesus gives, Jesus is giving to us through the power of the Spirit. The mindset to be prayerful for others. The mindset to pray for people who are lost. And pray that the Spirit speaks to them before they leave here. That's the love of Christ. And even though there are fewer and fewer churches out there who are really preaching and teaching the Word, God's going to show us that we are just enough to continue to proclaim the Gospel. Jesus has shown us this God's shown us this several times. He doesn't need a lot of people. He needs a few. He shows his power by presenting a few. He's done that. And he continues to do this. He continues to show us. Love others based upon Jesus' sacrificial love for us. That's a powerful love. Do you think it's appropriate that Jesus knew exactly what the power of every believer truly has, one who believes in him? You guys can move mountains. You can do many, many things because Jesus is the one who is working through you and with you to reach people. Walk into a room and people should see a difference. And that's important for us to look at. And understand that the world is hostile right now. The world is very hostile to those people who profess a belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't even need to go into what all the hostility is, but we already know the hostility is stirred up by Satan. Satan wants a hostile world. Every day that goes by, Satan knows that he has one less day. Amen. Uh, He's getting closer. And so he stirs things up. I believe he stirred things up as soon as COVID got started and things have been stirred up ever since. And it's just been ratcheted up and ratcheted up more and more. Now, you know, it's a generational thing. It depends on where, how old you are, where you're growing up. Some people say, it's much worse today than it used to be. It's much worse. Well, I got news for you. It's always been bad. <laughs> it's always been bad. It's, it's just a matter of perspective. I mean, we, we're, not, we didn't, we're not living in the, what it was the dark ages at one time either. You know? We're not living when there was a bubonic plague that was out. It's all perspective. But we live in a fallen world. We need to trust in Jesus' sacrificial love for us because of our hostile world that we live in. We need to be living examples of Jesus' love. Plain and simple. And that's a challenge for us sometimes because, you know, the world that we live in, they want to instigate. They want to accuse. They want to pick on those people who follow God. But you have to stand firm. The Christ-like love, the Christ-like love that Jesus is sharing here proves that we're his disciples. It proves who we are. We have the indwelling spirit, but it proves who we are. Now, what's contrary to that? Jealousy, bickering, division in the church. Not this church, but we know there are churches out there that are fighting. There have been fighting. I've been a part of a couple of church splits in my lifetime. 
And do people, when they look at church, especially from the outside, do I really want to get involved with that? Do I want to be part of a church that's there's this constant bickering and fighting and strife and arguing about stuff that has nothing to do with following Jesus? What a damaging testimony it is if people on the outside who are curious about church see anything less than followers of Jesus. And let's talk about this love thing. It's more than just warm feelings. Remember we just described earlier the different types of love mentioned in Scripture. It's an attitude that reveals itself in action. In other words, you can't say you love somebody, but you don't do anything to show it. It's more than words. It's more than just speech. Actions have to follow that love. And sometimes you have to give of yourself when it hurts. Or when it's inconvenient. Or when, yeah, you're really put out of your way. And sometimes that happens. The natural nature for us when we try to love someone or show love, oh, I guess i got to go ahead and do this. Well, now you're complaining. It's not the same kind of love that Jesus expresses. Jesus never complained. Well, let me rephrase that. He complained out loud to the Pharisees because of the fact that they were not representing God for who they were supposed to. And he openly chastised them because of that. He had a righteous response to their actions. People people truly do notice you as a believer because of the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within you. Because what you're relying upon is not a natural thing. It's a supernatural thing. When you're loving as Jesus loves, it's supernatural. Your natural ability to love is going to be always flawed and challenged. But when you love as Jesus loves, it transcends. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13. Now, I'm not going to read the entire chapter, but it's just going to be a guideline for you uh, about, starting at verse 4, uh, it's just going to be a guideline about what love truly is. The perfect description of love is right here, as far as I'm concerned. And when we talk about the love that Jesus wants us to have, loving as Jesus loves, this describes it right here. Verse 4, love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy, is not boastful, is not arrogant, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. That's the love expressed when we're talking to the Pharisees, right? It does not find joy in unrighteousness. It rejoices in the truth. That's the kind of love that we have to have today. You've got to speak truth. We don't put up with unrighteousness. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And I love what it says in verse 8, love never ends. Because the love of Jesus is an eternal love. A love that has always existed. It's a perfection of the love that we have here on earth. And that is how we are to love. And I'll let you read the rest of that on your own because it's a great study on what love truly is and how we need to treat this thing. Okay, let's go to the rest of the passage. We've uh, didn't we deliberately stopped at 35 because we're going to save this part for Peter, this, the Peter section. 
Verse 36, Simon Peter asked, back to John 13, verse 36. Uh, Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. But why can't I come now, Lord? He asked, I'm ready to die for you. Verse 38, Jesus answered, die for me. I tell you the truth, Peter, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. Peter believed in his own mind, in his own heart, that he would truly give his life for Jesus. But Jesus went ahead and corrected him right there and gave him words that he would come back and remember when that rooster crowed after the third denial. This is not much different than when the Lord tells us to, when we, when we make an oath, you better keep it. Don't make oaths. Don't make promises that you can't keep. Don't commit yourself or overcommit yourself to do something. Because we can make promises in our enthusiasm, but God knows exactly what we're going to wind up doing with commitment. And Paul tells us, go to Romans 12, verse 3. Romans chapter 12. Yeah, Romans 12, verse 3. Paul tells us the truth here. And this is why I said earlier in today's lesson that we have a lot of work that we still need to do. No matter how old we are, we need to make sure that we are not thinking that we're some so great or so big and bad or whatever it is. Verse 3, Romans 12. For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. And that measure of faith is essentially a good starting point, but there's still room to grow even when it comes to our faith, isn't it? Because sometimes we lose our faith. We lack faith. Sometimes we don't believe. Honestly, we don't believe God's going to do what He says He's going to do sometimes. And when it comes to us, we just need to take steps. Take steps of faith. Gradual, deliberate moving. Something that was pointed out this morning I thought was very interesting about, you know, when Jesus was born and he brought himself to a place where he was only a a child, a human child, he had to learn too. He had to step back from this eternal knowledge that he had when he became a human being and he had to go and learn. I'm in the process of learning and I don't know a whole lot. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm still learning. Pastor Gus knows a whole bunch of stuff. I can't come anywhere near him as far as his knowledge. And that's because he's a cowboy and he likes to read and he likes to, <laughs> he's, he, has, he has that kind of a, a way of doing stuff. So, But it's good what the Alliance does when they put people into training to be involved in ministry. It really stretches you. And you learn that you, you still have a lot more to learn. Don't think more highly of yourself than you should. Just take the steps. Just keep moving forward. Growing in the knowledge of God's Word. Growing in your faith. Those are the steps you need to take. And Peter has to do the very same thing. Peter is a great personality. Kind of pops off a little bit. Is confident. Nothing wrong with being confident about who you are, but be careful in your confidence that you don't overcommit. 
He'll learn that. He'll see that when we get to that point. And the takeaway here that even Peter had to learn that he's being taught right here. Love one another as I love you. Jesus' words. That's how we are to live too. People should see the love of Christ in some aspect of your life. The love of Christ. That's the difference. That's a profound difference. I love the lesson of loving your neighbor as yourself. But now love your neighbor as Jesus loves that neighbor. Because he does love that neighbor. As he loves you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your teaching. And thank you, Lord, for your presence. We ask that you just bless us and keep us, Lord. We want to strengthen our faith. We want to live that agape love for others that you profess, that you have shown us, that you have taught us. And we thank you, Lord, that you are our greatest example of this love. May we do so and may we live in truth and convey truth as we go. And sometimes we speak, we have to speak truth to others who don't want to hear it or don't want to acknowledge it, but yet truth must prevail. Lord, give us the wisdom to speak in that manner where there's no regrets and nothing's left out there on the table. We thank you again for your presence. Bless us and keep us, Lord. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church. Please stay tuned online in the timeline for today's message. For those of you who are not coming to church, Jude's message for today. We appreciate you being here. God bless you. Take care of yourselves. And we'll see you next time.